Good morning. Good morning. Let's worship together. Would you stand and sing with us, please? praise team for bringing us into worship today. My name is Cheryl Broom and I'm the pastor here at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church. I'm glad that you're at worship today with us. You are going to be in for a treat because we have the bells today and they are always wonderful. We're in our third sermon series on BUMC where today we talk about staying in love with God. What kind of things do we need to do as an individual and as a church and as a people to stay in love with God? I am excited to share that story with you, and I'm also excited to introduce Susan Flores, who is going to give us some announcements and lead us into worship. Good morning, everybody. 
I want you to consider this as a big hug from me to you. You know, Pastor asked us to share a little bit about why we're a member here. Well, it's simple. The people, the caring relationships, and my greatest reason is worshiping through song. And I hope each one of you can find some blessings, any of that. If you're a first-time guest, could you please let us know by filling out the blue card found in the pew pockets. There are also prayer cards for everyone to fill out. You can place either of them in the offering plate or in the welcome center. And believe it or not, I only have one announcement. There will be a woman's walk to Emmaus March 2nd through 5th this year. Come as a pilgrim or sponsor one of our church women. You can sign up now for a life-changing experience. Applications are at the desk, or you can speak to Carol Ann Donnelly for more information. Carol is over here waving her hands, so, she, so you'll know who she is. And now, Miss Jessie's coming forward with some announcements. Always. If I don't have an announcement, I will make one. I'm kidding. I won't make one up on the spot, but I do have an I forgot my prop even. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who came out to our first Surf Saturday of 2023. We got together and packed 50 cold weather kits thanks to your donations and your generosity. They look like this. Everything is packed into a handy dandy backpack so that it can be carried. And there are clothing items like scarves or neck eaters, um, hats, gloves, socks. Um, there's snacks inside of them. There's hygiene products. And we have extras. Everybody who came and attended took some home to pass out, but we have extras, and we would love for you all to take one on your way out. There are two boxes of them out there, and distribute it to somebody in our local area who th you think might be in need. And actually, Sharon Fitzpatrick told me on her way out yesterday. that when she left yesterday, she stayed and helped us you know, do some quality control and check some bags. But when she left yesterday, she'd already seen somebody wearing one of our bags out by Bandera Road. So this is a way that we can directly impact our community here in Holotus and make sure that everybody has what they need to get through our cold Texas weather that is here in the morning and gone in the afternoon like it was today or is, I don't know, it just does what it wants to. If you are interested in Surf Saturdays, our next one will be in March and we're going to try to do something off campus and stay tuned for those announcements. Also, we have a kids party happening in February, our first one of the year. It'll be February 18th from 4 to 7 p.m. It's Valentine's themed, following the idea that God is love and love comes from him. It is open to kids uh, fifth grade and below. It's mostly targeted at elementary, but if you have somebody who's got a toddler who wants to come and join us, we would love to have them also. And it's free. We feed the kiddos dinner. We sugar them up right before parents come back and uh, send them home. And it's always a lot of fun. And most importantly, it gives parents a night to relax and to take some time off and to focus on themselves. So please share that with your community and let them know. You can RSVP by emailing children at hhumc.com. And it is online. It's on our website and on our Facebook page. So you can check out details there. My last one, I'm going to embarrass her because she's in here for the first time. We have, a new <laughs> we have a new employee in our church, and I would just like Miss uh, Ivy to stand up. If you attended our cantata, you might have seen Ivy there. She played Mary, and she is going to be working in our children's ministry with us. So I wanted to say welcome, and we're glad you're here. Thank you, Jesse, and welcome, Ivy. As we bring in the light of Christ, may we be reminded of the Lord's presence with us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
Please stand in body or spirit as we welcome the light of Christ. The first scripture today comes from Micah 6, verse 8. He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Second reading comes from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12 and 16 through 19. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in an attitude of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in worship and praise. May your words of truth settle in our hearts. There are times in life when fear engulfs us. Show us how to trust in you and know that your perfect love surrounds us instead of fear. Grant us rest in your love so we may experience your perfect peace, the peace that passes understanding whatever the situation of life we are in. Oh, Father, today, grant us a deeper realization of the depth of your love for each one of us, that we may love as we are loved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask the children to come forward. I think I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand this time so you guys can see what I'm doing. First service couldn't see so well. Which one? I'm going to hold these two up. Which one is a better picture? This one. This one. Looks, <laughs> this. Let me show them to the audience. I like this one. It's a better picture. It's good. It's a good picture. This one? Or this one? They're both great? That was the worst? There's more joy and love to me. Okay. 
I love all the creative answers. This is awesome. Coloring inside the lines can be difficult, right? It's something we have to learn to do as we get older. I know that sometimes you're so excited that you just, you just keep going, right? Like, man, I really like this teal color. I'm going to color it everywhere. But sometimes when we get to the end of our picture, all you see is the color and not what the picture is supposed to be, right? Has anybody ever had that happen? Yes. And you can't see what was behind it anymore. We are, this picture here is a picture of a cross, right? Shining. There's light shining behind it. There's clouds up there. And if I had colored that all one color, would you see those lines behind it? No. Okay, if I had colored it a dark color, would you see all those lines behind it? No, you wouldn't see it anymore. And when we do something like this and we get excited and we color outside of the lines, it might be joyful, but the image gets distorted, right? It's not quite as clear as it used to be. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to hand her the microphone. Y'all have a nice day. <laughs> she said she likes this picture because God's love doesn't have any bounds. And uh, thank you, Ruby. I will give you my name tag once we leave here, and you can take over. <laughs> my point today was that God has given us rules to follow, right? We call those the Ten Commandments, don't we? And when we love God, we're supposed to follow those rules. And if we follow those rules and color inside the lines our life will reflect God, like this clear image, right? If we don't exactly follow the rules and we just pick and choose which ones we like, our life is going to look kind of like this, where, yeah, you might sort of see a cross in there, but is it clear? No, it's not really clear. It doesn't exactly represent God, right, or the picture that it was supposed to be. So when we, as followers of God who love them, love him, don't follow all of his rules, our lives are kind of like this messy picture. And people might not, not exactly know that we're Christians, right? Or that we follow God. They might have questions about who we are or who God is because of our actions. So when we go into Spark Worship today, we're going to talk more about the Ten Commandments. We're going to work on memorizing them with our Ten Commandments song that I know you guys love. And we are going to do a scavenger hunt. And we're going to have a lot of fun. So let's sit up and say a prayer, and then we'll go to spark worship. Does that sound good? All right. Close your eyes. Fold your hands. Bow your heads. And let's say, Dear God. Dear God. Thank you for giving us. Thank you for giving us. A way to live a life in you. A way to live a life in you. That shows the world. That shows the world. How amazing you are. How amazing you are. In your name we pray. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to go straight out the back to spark worship. Straight out the back to do some spark worship. Thank you, Jesse. As is our custom for prayer time here at Holotus Hills, we ask you to raise your hand and give your name, and we will jot your prayer request down. I will jot it down. Others might too. Who knows? And Monday night at 6 p.m., we meet here in the church where we celebrate Holy Communion, and then we pray over your prayer request. And then, as uh, our habit has been recently, JB leads us to go through the list of members of the church, and we pray through every name, just so you know you're being prayed for every week by your prayer group. Also, we will place it on Facebook to our confidential prayer team using your first name only. So if you have a prayer request, I think Jesus is going to run up the aisle, dance up the aisle, and... Ask your name and then the name of the person you're praying for. So if you have a prayer request, would you raise your hand high so that he might come to 
give you the mic. Just a prayer for Judy Lynn. She just has a boatload of family problems right now. That's why she's not here today. A boatload. I'm writing that down. Okay. We will respond for prayer requests. Lord, hear our prayer. And for praises, we'll respond. Lord, hear our praise. For Judy Lynn, Lord, hear our prayers. Uh, just a praise that our grandparents are here in town with us. And then um, a small prayer for me. I have a job fair coming up on Thursday, so best wishes there to me. <laughs> so praise for your grandparents' visit today. Welcome you. We're glad you're here with us. Lord, hear our praise. And a prayer for a job fair coming up this week. Um, you graduate soon, and we hope that you're going to stay place close by. Yeah. Lord, hear our prayers. I just have to raise a prayer for uh, a praise for my husband who uh, just did an amazing program with his school district. It's called the Penguin Project, and it focuses on special needs children. And it was just a fantastic couple of days of production that he spent many months of work on, actually probably over a year on. <laughs> so I am just super proud of him, and God has blessed us so much through that program. Lord, hear our praise. Yeah, I'm Roy. I'd like to pray for my niece, Dana Allen. Her husband passed away this past week. We'll have service in Sinton this next coming week. Thank you. Lord, hear our prayers. Let us therefore go before God in the silence of our own prayers, and then I'll close us with a corporate prayer and the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we need you now more than ever, and we ask that you would direct our hearts and minds toward you and fill us with your spirit bringing refreshment, renewal, peace, and joy. You remind us in your word that you are faithful to carry our burdens. You tell us that you will renew our strength, and you promise to give us rest when we come to you. Forgive us for the times where we have worked so hard to be self-sufficient, forgetting our need for you, living independently from your spirit. Forgive us for letting our fear and worry control our minds and for allowing our pride and selfishness to wreak havoc over our lives. Forgive us for not following your ways, for living distanced from your presence. We thank you that your ways are far greater than our ways and your thoughts far deeper than our thoughts. We thank you that you had a plan to redeem us. We thank you that you make all things new. We thank you that your face is toward the righteous and you are close to the brokenhearted. You hear our prayers and know our hearts. Thank you for your daily powerful presence in our lives and that we can be assured no matter what we're facing that your heart is toward us. Your eyes are over us and your ears open to our prayers. We thank you 
that you surround us with your favor as a shield, and we are safe in your care. We praise you and honor you for all the ways you are righteous and true, and we give you our worship, for you are holy and just. We will declare that your love stands firm forever, that your loving kindness endures forever. In all this, and those that we hold in our hearts, we pray in the name of our Savior, Lord, and friend, Jesus the Christ, who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Have you ever been in love? No, nobody here has been in love. How can I tell you to stay in love if you don't know love? Thank you, Ginger. Ginger said, unvow, you've been in love. Can I get in? Can I get in? Joshua, I'll tell you what, it is easy to fall in love. It is much harder to stay in love. It's so easy to fall in love that many of us have fallen in love with people we never even met. Like when I was a girl, I fell in love with Davy Jones of the monkeys. Oh, I loved him. I had a poster of him in, his, in my room. And to this preteen girl, he was dreamy. He was. Now, I didn't stay in love with Davy Jones, but it reminds me that it's pretty easy to fall in love. But it's so hard to stay in love, except for chocolate. For me, I always stay, thank you, I always stay in love with chocolate. Now, I have been married some 37 years to the same person. And I'll tell you, it is hard to stay married. Who here has been married over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years? 60 years people have been married. Is it easy to stay married? It's hard work, isn't it? The work doesn't end. Newlyweds, I marry a lot of people, and when I marry them, they have stars in their eyes and little hearts in their lives, and they think it's going to be so easy to stay in love. But it's work. It's work to stay in love. As a matter of fact, when I first got married, my husband, Kevin, uh, took off his wedding ring, and I said, why did you take off your wedding ring? And he says, well, it cuts off my circulation. I said, it's supposed to. <laughs> Put it back. I, I heard of one couple once, they engraved inside their wedding rings little sentiments, and he put in her ring, I love you forever, and she put in his ring, put it back on. <laughs> See, we have to remind you, it is easy to fall in love, it is not so hard. I mean, it's so, so very hard to stay in love. It's true. And today, we are talking about staying in love with God. I mean, gosh, if we can't stay in love with each other, how in the world do we stay in love with God? It is, after all, the third general rule. And over the past three weeks, we have been talking about John Wesley's general rules for Methodist. And these are not rules that we don't pay attention to. They're not burdensome rules. They're rules for us to live a life 
where we do no harm, you remember? Where we do good and where we stay in love with God. And it's super important. And John Wesley put these rules together because he was into a method. He figured as people came to him to flee from the wrath to come, when sinners who were saved and they were all excited about Jesus said, how do we stay in love with God? And John Wesley put together a method to do that because he thought that was important. Hence the name Methodist. Now when he was called a Methodist, at that time they were also referred to as the Moth Club. I think their lives were that exciting, I don't know. And it was really kind of a put down. But for us, following in the steps of John Wesley, we the people who become United Methodists, it's important for us to have a method by which we can stay in love with God, a method by which we can flee from the wrath to come. And those were what he called the general rules. Now, we know the general rules because we've been talking about them week by week, and I'm going to quiz you on it later. But let's first see what Scripture says about this crazy little thing called love and how we are to love. You can find what I'm reading from 1 John 5, verses 1 through 4 in your pew Bibles if you want to read along with me on page 100 and, what, 1,112. Did you realize the Bible was that big? Had that many pages? It does. Okay. This is the uh, NRSV version. I think that's God calling. Usually when he calls me, it's much more painful, so. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus taught us that all scripture could be summed up in this. Love God, love each other. And we've been learning about what it makes, takes for us as UMs to tick as we explored these things called the general rules. These rules help us to grow in spiritual discipleship and to fulfill these commandments we just read about and to be more and more like Jesus. Wesley laid down these general rules for the people who wanted to flee from the wrath of God. And so what he said to them, he knew he had to inspire them and he boiled down all the scripture to these three general guidelines. The first one is, see you were paying attention, thank you Christy. Do no harm. The second is, do good. Do good. And the third is, stay in love with God. Now Wesley called that to obey the ordinances of God and we'll talk a little bit more about what that means. But because it's so important, it's about relationship. And I hope you agree that relationships are worth the effort it takes. Because you do, it does take effort to stay in a relationship with each other and to stay in a relationship with God. 
And there are values which are important to this relationship that we have with each other. Vitally important to keep a relationship in order. Scripture teaches that to stay in love with God requires one more important element. Did you catch that in the scripture reading? Faith. To stay in love with God requires faith. Faith in God. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith that we can stay in love. And these general rules, they come straight out of Scripture where we find God's clear directives and Jesus' words of life given to us to make it simple. Not easy, but simple to understand. It's pretty simple to understand that we should do no harm. In our daily lives, in our daily practice, and we, as we interact with God, with each other, with the environment, we should do no harm. And the second thing is we should do good. We should be people whose zeal, our righteousness, is in doing good for others. As a matter of fact, the original Methodists were kind of known as do-gooders. You remember that? And it was kind of a derisive term, divisive, derisive. You're a do-gooder. And the third thing that we have to do is stay in love with God. Keep that fire burning. Keep going. The first rule means that we have to think carefully about what we do, about what we say, about how we spend our time and our talents and our resources. When John Wesley described the act of doing no harm, the first rule of life, he gave examples of what he meant by doing no harm. He said he expected Methodists to refrain from participating in behaviors and practices that harm others that may harm their relationship with God, their relationship with themselves. He meant do no harm. We will grow to be more and more Christ-like when we act like Christ and follow the general rules and in following the rule from Micah 6.8 that Susan read first. Do you remember that verse? We're going to sing it a little bit later. Micah 6.8 goes, He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The rules of life given by Wesley guide us in practical ways to love God and to love each other. And that is what it means to be United Methodist. These general rules, the rule number two, you remember it? Do good. Serving others, doing good for others is life-changing because it's not only us doing good, it's God's Spirit working within us to do good for others. And when we are allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us to serve others, amazing things happen. When you unleash the power of the Holy Spirit within you to do good, the world can be changed through you. And so we were told to do good and at last week's end of the sermon, I ask you to do all the good you can in all the ways you can in however many ways that you ever can. And so I ask you to try to do good this past week. Did you practice it? Did you practice doing good? I read a story this, just this week on a woman who, whose name was Ruth Reed. And she said that her day started out just like any other day. This New Jersey native woke up and headed to her local Wawa convenience store in Medford. 
I never heard of Wawa. And Jenny says she loves Wawa convenience store. So Ruth Reed goes to the convenience store, as she usually does, and she picked up her groceries, got in line, and it was a pretty long line when she noticed that there was something going on in the front of the line. And there was a man there that couldn't pay the grocery bill. Evidently, the card reader wasn't working, wasn't working. He opened his wallet. He had $10. We all know how embarrassing that is, right? And there's a long line behind you looking at the... Please. Well, not Ruth. Ruth who had made a promise with her husband some time before that they would help anybody in the grocery store that they saw needed help financially, that they would pay for their stuff. So Ruth Reed marched right up to the front of the line, and she paid for this man's groceries. And he was humbled, a little embarrassed, left the line, and they chatted a little bit. She asked what his name was, and he said Keith, and uh, she told him her name. And then she thought to herself, he sure looks familiar. He's got a familiar-looking face. I wonder if I know him. And come to find out, it was Keith Urban. You know, husband to Nicole Kidman? That's right. And she couldn't believe it. And he was just so very thankful that she stepped up. I mean, who carries money in their wallet these days anyway, right? She was doubly blessed that day. She was blessed because of the pure act of giving to somebody else makes you feel terrific. And second, she got a picture with Keith Urban. <laughs> it was in all the papers. As a matter of fact, she was so widely known now. Uh, this just happened, I don't know, a couple years ago. She's so widely known that, that people started to act like Ruth Reed. And they would look for ways to do good. I'm convinced she and her husband are Methodist. I think they probably are. You know, we can look around every day and there are places where you can serve. There are things that need to be done and we can do good. I was in HEB yesterday buying a few things and I always get a little extra cash, you know, kind of to pad the grocery bill. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. And so I got a little bit of cash and then I noticed behind me a lady at self-checkout, young woman who was messing around with her wallet and coupons and money and she was frustrated and upset. And so I just walked around and said, Are you, is everything okay? She said, well, I'm pretty sure if, if, if these stupid coupons would go in, I would have enough money. So I just gave her a little money and said, well, hopefully this will help, help you out and turned to walk away. And then I told the uh, customer service young lady who was standing at the front doing this, on her phone, I asked her, could you please go help her with her coupons? And then I left. Now, that wasn't an earth-shattering experience. It didn't change the world, but I hope it changed the world for one person who knew that somebody else cared enough about her to stop and watch. You can do good, and it can change lives. So that was last week. How did you do on doing good? Yeah. Well, there were a bunch of us here yesterday that were in the fellowship hall that put together cold weather gear bags. I have one here. I'm going to show it to you at the end because I want you to take one with you when you leave. And you're to give those out to whoever presents to you a need. If you see somebody on the street or they're asking for money, give them the bag. And we don't know if that'll change their life, but we do know that we will be able to do good in the name of Jesus. Isn't that what it's all about? And when you do good, it unleashes the power of God's spirit in this world. Bishop uh, Reuben Job wrote a little book, and it's called Three Simple Rules, A Wesleyan Way of Living. 
he wrote this book about Wesley's general rules. And in it, he translated to do God's ordinances to stay in love with God. That upset some people because he changed Wesley's words. But he said it all boils down to this. Love. Love God. Love neighbor. In order for us to love God and love our neighbor, we have to stay close to God. And we do so by practicing these ordinances. These ordinances are simply things that draw us closer to God. Things like Holy Communion. Things like coming to church and participating, hearing the word expounded. Studying scripture is an ordinance. Praying with your family, praying privately, praying with a group, that's an ordinance of God. All of these things are for our benefit to stay in love with God. And if you cease doing any of those things, then you kind of start to fall away. And then you forget what it's like to do no harm. You forget what it's like to do good. And you forget what it's like to stay in love with God. There's an old story told in a lot of Emmaus talks. You might have heard it uh, if you've been on a walk to Emmaus. And it speaks of a fellow who had stopped going to church. And the preacher went to see him and knocked on his door and sat down. And they didn't talk much, but the fire was roaring. And as the fire died down and the coals separated, there was a coal that fell apart from the main fire. And the preacher said, that's what happens to us when we don't come to church. You see, you can't keep that fire lit all alone. So coming to church like you're doing today keeps the fire of God alive in us, through us, with us. And that's what it means to stay in love with God. You know, we don't realize how important it is to love because in our culture, love is weird. It's messy, it's emotional, it's flighty, it's dependent, and it's subject to our moods and desires. Love is complicated these days. Just look on TV at 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> and so how do we learn about love? Please don't learn from 90 Day Fiance. I watch it all the time. It's... You got me. <laughs> We learn about love through the scriptures. And so I want to hearken back to what Susan read this morning from 1 John chapter 4, verses, um, there are various verses in here, 7 through 12 and 17 through 19. Listen to these words to learn what love means. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. For God is love. And God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In him is love. Not that we love God, but God loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may with boldness go before God on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And there's no fear in love. 
But perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment, and whoever has fear has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. This is the foundation, the very foundation of our Christian love, to love God and love our neighbor. And if you want to go back and read all of chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 4, it would illuminate love for you. As a matter of fact, Bishop Job says that you should go back and read all of 1 John. And then he further says, if you want to learn about love, go back and read all the Gospels. In it, God has penned for us what we are required to do out of love. Because it takes a lot to grasp this discipline of love that we are called to embrace with our whole being. And it starts when we turn our lives over to God through Christ Jesus. And then when we open our lives to love God and others. And we do this through doing what Wesley called the general rules. Number one, do no harm. Number two, number three, Stay in love with God. Now, here are the ordinances again, which Wesley called us to attend as Methodist. Public worship of God. The ministry of the word, either read or expounded. The supper of the Lord. Family and private prayer. Searching the scriptures. And fasting or abstinence. According to John Wesley, this is all we need in both our faith and practice. And these general rules are meant to be followed by the people called Methodist. And they all stem out of love. Love for the sake of loving. Love in order to allow God to take up residence within us. Love in order to be like God. Love in order that we stay in love with God. Perfect love is love that never ends. Love that lasts into eternity. Love that never gives up, even when it hurts, even when it seems futile. When we allow God to do in loving in and through us, there will never be a time when we will need to wonder whether we should love or act out of love. We won't be afraid that there is not enough love to go around. We won't be afraid that our love is inadequate in the face of indifference or brokenness, or evil, because it isn't our love in the end. It is the love of God who abides within us that enables us to love at all. We won't be afraid of running out because we know God is our endless source. Beloved, let us love. As United Methodists, these general rules we are called to keep. These ordinances will help us to do no harm. They will help us to do good, and they will help us to stay in love with God. And Wesley knew that we would have to work at it day after day after day, every day of our lives, when sometimes we wouldn't feel like it. Sometimes we feel like we're so far away, we can't even see love. But with these guidelines, and with God's help, we will conquer the world. Scripture said that we will conquer the world, the world inside us and the world around us. And that is what we're working towards as we follow the general rules. And toward this end, I ask you, what does the Lord require of you?
to do no harm, to do good, and to stay in love with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we prepare for the offering, I'd like to let you know why I give. It's short and sweet. I give because that's what my faith tells me to do. I give to help spread the love of Christ. Shall we join in prayer? Holy God, as we present our tithes and offerings, we know we come from a world that is tearing itself apart due to division. Even among you, your followers, we find ourselves shutting down and closing ourselves to those who don't think or act as we do. We need to be reminded that you desire unity and one mind from your children, not a church void of disagreement, but one where we work at listening in love, more than working at speaking louder and winning the day. Oh Lord, we dedicate not just our gifts, but our minds to the work of your unifying love. In Christ we pray, amen. Amen. Will the ushers please come forward to receive our offerings? praise God for the giving of this church and these gifts, and we ask God to bless our offering and tithes that we might be faithful in caring for this community of faith. Amen? Amen. So our invitation to discipleship is open every single week for you, to, if you feel called and to come forward to officially join this church or to um, give your life over to Christ, we invite you to do that as we sing our final song. Now, before we sing, we always say what we're called to do in discipleship. And these are not mere words. These are the way that we practice doing no harm and the way we practice doing good and the way we practice staying in love with God. And that's our mission statement. Will you join me as we say it together? The mission of Helotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I want to remind you, if you want to pick up one or more of these bags, for you to hand out to others as a way to do good, as a way to show them that God loves them and so do we. Take as many as you want. We've made them uh, and we want you to use them. And then look around town, right? And see if you see others with signs that our love goes forward from this place. I ask you to go forth in the power of this blessing. May God watch over your steps, enlighten your life, and show you how from this day forward to do no harm, to do good, and to stay in love with God. Amen? Amen. Go forth in God's peace and love.